This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, admitting guilt for having a kid is hard. Plus, Biz is not in a happy place. Teresa is in a happy place. And we talked to James Breakwell, the exploding unicorn himself, about his new book, Only Dead on the Inside, A Parent's Guide for Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> Woo! I love that title of that book. It is such a... It's so You know funny. I love it. You know I love that yeah. title. Yeah. I think it is great and practical. Yeah. Teresa. Yes. How are you? Uh, well, mm. I'm... Pretty good today, actually. I managed to get myself sick again, which hey, sucks. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. But all that aside, it's the first day of winter break from the elementary school Ooh. this week. And I just feel this great <laughs> weight lifted from my soul. Like, I I mean, I've, I've hinted about this on the show. And, like, at some point, I will probably talk more about it. But... Basically, with my six-year-old Grace, we are just not having a typical school experience. We are having a very challenging time um, mm. with school. And this isn't for me, this isn't for me to come here and like badmouth the school or anybody. Like yeah. everybody's doing the best they can, but it's been such a hard semester. And th- having this morning where Grace was getting ready to go off to winter arts camp, which she's so excited right. to go to today was I bet such a change <laughs> I can't like I can't even describe it like it's actually the, the feeling of having my child wake up and want to go to the thing that she's going to do yeah and then like like that paired with like she's there and like sure I don't know how it's going there like any you know right. things can happen whatever but I'm so free of like my normal daily Load of stress, yeah. stomach in knots, like just icky yeah. feelings that I've been dealing with all semester long. So I was like, after everybody had like left and I was like getting ready to go, I was like, why am I in such a good, like I, I had that like <laughs> introspective moment of like, why is everything great right yeah. now? And then I went, oh yeah, oh, that's why. Because that's we're right. on winter break and I'm so happy. Can I just, it is a weird thing to say, but you and Grace totally deserve this. Thank you. I I don't think those are the right words, (laughs) Yeah. but I'm going to use those words because that's what I got. Yeah. I am so happy to hear that for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm. How are you, Biz? Okay. (laughs) I'm still sick. I've been sick forever. Yeah. I'm not well, guys. I'm not well. Uh, I've been sick forever with this cough and uh, the cold, and I'll talk more about this with my genius and fail segment, but I I coughed so much I injured myself mm. to the point of urgent care, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so, you know, good, I yeah. guess. It was one of those kind of weekends. It was one of those kind of weekends yeah. where there was lots of uh, plans having to be altered uh, lots of rest that I, that's not productive for me. And after like a month of being sick and not being at 100%, I one more weekend of not being at 100% may have psychological effects on me. Mm-hmm. But 
I wanted to take this moment and compliment my partner. It's time to compliment your partner. So Thursday night is when the pain from the coughing injury really started. We had a babysitter Thursday night because we were going to see the premiere night, the opening night of Star Wars, okay, which is really a big deal. Not only to I me, mean, it's to me, but to Stefan, it is a very big deal. So we were going to go. The sitter shows up. I can't even, like, sit or stand at this point in time. So I text Stefan. And I say, heads up. I'm not feeling well. I'm, I'm going to take some Tylenol. I'm still going to come meet you at the theater. Ten minutes later, I text him and I say, I don't think I'm well, actually. I, I think I need to go to urgent care. And he's like, okay, are you, you know, are you okay? And I said, no, and I'm really sorry. I think you have to come take me. I don't think I can drive myself. Yeah. So Stefan left the theater yeah. and came to get me yeah. and was with me all the way until wow. we got home at midnight. Yeah. And like held my hand when they were doing like this ultrasound thing that was like making me like scream and cry. And then like he was so kind. I mean, of course he's kind. I mean, like yeah. everybody deserves somebody really kind. Yeah. But like it's one of those moments as I'm sitting in the car after we waited like 30 minutes at the CVS in the middle of the night to get, you know, prescriptions filled to help. I'm just like, I am so thankful that Stefan is such a good friend to me. Yes. He is a really nice guy and he never treats it like a burden. Yeah. And it's like it's something he wants to do. And yeah. I just, he deserves all the trophies. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the next day job, he got Stephen. to go see Star Wars. So oh, it's all fine. Oh, I am the only one now suffering from not seeing Star Wars. Right. But I, I do want to say, because I think this sort of ties into the show a little bit, that I definitely felt all the guilt this weekend. And it, like the, the especially the day that we were missing Star Wars and I was at urgent care and all that stuff. I definitely had these moments of I, I know he is not disappointed. I know he is not mad. And I know this is not my fault. But I still feel guilty oh, yeah. about this. And uh, and even when I had to, like, rest all weekend, again, I was like, I feel guilty about this, even though no one is making me feel guilty about this, which I think ties in nicely to our show where we are going to revisit some more guilt. And this time, we're going to hone in on some ugly guilt. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Guilt is not pretty. No. It, guilt is never good. Uh-uh. But we're going to talk about something we both admitted to each other we have wrestled about guilt with that is not one that I think people talk about a lot. And I think because Trace and I have now known each other this long and know our standards of not judging or like dropping the phone and freaking out and running away from each other, <laughs> that, that we were able to say this. But it is having a moment of feeling guilty for having a kid, okay? Maybe it's the first kid. Maybe it's the only kid. Maybe it's the second kid or the third kid. But but 
I, I would be lying if I said I hadn't had this feeling. And I think we want to talk today about how fucked up it makes you when you have that. So, Teresa, I'll let you start with this difficult topic. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mentioned to you, Biz, over the weekend that I had this, like, moment a few days ago where it just, like, hit me like a ton of bricks that I do carry around some guilt for having a third child. And what's weird is that I think it's been just affecting me really negatively Mm. for a long time without me even realizing that it was there. That's what I was going to ask was where you had you had like a waking moment yet or did it all kind of hit at once where suddenly you were like this feeling as a result of. Yeah. Well, a few things happened. Like I noticed that like Jesse and I have been talking a lot in like our process with Grace about things that have been going on with her and at school and everything. Um, And in our conversations, like I realized that I've been, I've like, my parenting has changed in recent months in a way that is like not always the most helpful, like Mm. where I'm like not following through on things that are expected of her because I'm like afraid of conflict with her and I'm afraid of like making things hard on her because like I feel like she's dealing with so many challenges out in the world that like I'm just trying to like make whatever but it's like but it actually like kind of backfires sometimes because it kind of makes for a weird power dynamic where like the kid is now in charge of what they want to do and not do all the time right which like doesn't work at all and I'm not I'm not saying like I toughen up grace like you need to do this this and this i'm just saying i'm like no, jesse and i noticed this dynamic it's a really insightful yeah. i like almost over here weeping up because oh, it yeah. is a really insightful introspective thing to to become aware of i mean because i i mean I, again i know i have those moments too mine are usually uglier like where i'm just screaming i'm totally fucking this up right but like but you put well, who's to say mine wasn't like that? well but you just put that in such a smart like self-reflective way and i also didn't listen to it with like oh yeah you're totally fucking up no i'm uh-huh. like oh god no i yeah. that is a relatable moment regardless yeah. of my altering because i don't want to deal with conflict yeah oh yeah. totally yeah, yeah. and I, I just yeah. i just want like it to be okay you know i, I yeah, don't know you just want like, it to be okay yeah, yeah yeah and um sorry mother instinct number one right right and like, like and i think that because of that dynamic that has also bled into ways of dealing with oscar where i'm like oh things are really hard for him he has to like share his you know right. share his parents with a baby yeah. A new baby and this older sibling who has like a lot of stuff going on. Right. And so then that's made me that's kind of changed the way I deal with him too, which made me think which made me notice I'm doing a lot of these things out of guilt. Mm-hmm. And it also and and the reason I pin it on like having this third child is that what I realize is that like I keep my head keeps feeding me this thought in moments of in difficult moments. My head keeps feeding me this thought that is, why did I do this? Right. Why? Like I sh- that like 
this why did totally I think I should do this? Yeah, what if have, yeah. yeah, what if I did not have Curtis? Yeah. Like what like this would be easier. That would be easier. I'd have more time for this person. I'd have more time for that person. This conflict might not even exist. Right. If, you know, or would it? You know, qu- right. just questioning that. And you know, when those thoughts come, I try not to beat myself up about that because it's just a thought. Right. And also there's no part of me that's like gosh no like yeah, none of it you is, know it's it, like there's it, no actual and it's not about my baby right. like I no. love my baby you know and you guys all know like that's why right. this is a safe place for me to talk about this because right. I, you guys all know yeah that, that you how never... much I wanted Curtis right. in the first place and how much I love him right and um and this These is our thoughts yes this is yes. I mean let us all be clear just like all of the things that are difficult but so it goes back to the mom rage thing yeah these are thoughts and responses to to things that our brain naturally are going to process because when I was like listening to you talk about like tracing it back yeah all the things that you said like wonder I wonder what if the what ifs yeah lots of times I don't think we even connect the what ifs to the guilt right and so maybe we get as far as admitting the what ifs right but we then don't connect that to maybe we're also feeling guilty and yeah. that's affecting us yeah because i've definitely look ellis he's a lot and given how much he especially was a lot as a infant and you know the the early toddler years and, like, how much I could not give Katie Bell as a result, right? Yeah. I definitely, standing there when the screaming hadn't stopped and the sleep hadn't come and all this stuff, had those moments of, why did I do this? Yeah. What if? Yeah. What I, why I, why did I do yeah. this? But I'm not sure I ever, ever labeled it as guilt until, like, much later. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Until, yeah. yeah I, so I, just so you know, in listening to all this, my thought would never go to, you know, danger. Teresa hates her children. Right, right, you know what right, I mean? right, These right. Are, yeah. This is because I totally understand the, like, there's never a moment when something's not going on with uh, one of one of your, and I don't mean your kids. Yeah. I mean, anybody Anybody's who's kids. got kids, yeah. one or ten, yeah. there's always some moment where something's going on. Yeah. And it requires a lot of your attention and focus. Yeah. And... It is very natural, I think, in those moments to then look around and think, what if? Right. Right? Yeah. So those are real. But and it, sorry to yeah, interrupt, please, but no. that, that is, it's so, it's such a weird thing because it's almost like our brains trying to solve a problem <sighs> in the, in like the dumbest possible way. Cause there's no, pro- you can't solve it that way. Like, <laughs> right. it's like, right. it's like, let's see if I can just make myself feel bad about this. And that will be the end. Like, right. it's like. It's really weird. Like it's it's um yeah. What purpose is it? Serving? Yeah, it serves no purpose. That whatever is just is. And like we've said on this show before, thinking back to yourself from before and being like, why did I do blah blah blah? Right. Is like or why can't so, I still be blah blah blah? Right. But but like thinking back to yourself and saying like, why did I make such and such a choice? Right. Is like such a way of like being mean to yourself from um, before yeah. that is like so we like we. Need Need to just like remember that that's still us and like we made the best decision that we that we could in any right. given moment just like we're making decisions now 
the, the best, best way, way we can. can. And yeah, sure, maybe in like a year or two, we'll look back and see what we're doing now and see something we don't, we're not seeing right now. You right. Know, that's probably likely. Yeah. But like we're still doing the best we can and we did the best we could before. And like what is right now just is. And we're doing the best that we can with that. And I don't know why my brain is telling me like, well, okay. well like, why did you think you could do that? Can, like, can we explore that? Can yeah. we try and find some benefit to it? Trace <laughs> just give me this look like, no. Yeah. I no. don't see it on this one. I'm so, I mean, I would love to hear what you, I mean, I just, I think it's. I think it's like poison because I no, think I it. I think it leads to like these choices that I've been making in my parenting that aren't actually good for my kids, but I'm doing them because I'm like, oh, they have it so hard, and it's my fault because I had a third baby, so I'll do this thing that I wouldn't normally do. You right. know, it's, like yeah, no, I see what you're saying. It's like it's so, and it's because it's for nothing. Like it's for nothing. It doesn't, you know. Well, I don't. I don't know if it, if it is for nothing. I think. If we, I mean, maybe guilt, when the guilt kicks in, or being aware of the guilt, yeah. and like having that say out loud moment, is sort of like, you know, like the therapist telling me about the, like, the unwanted thoughts, like when, yeah. you know, when I was dealing with postpartum and being like, I just keep thinking, am I going to car wreck? You know? uh, uh-huh. And they'd be like, yeah. she'd be like, well, that's your brain preparing you uh-huh. to keep you from not getting in a car wreck. Uh-huh. That's constantly, like, it's yeah. like, that's your brain Giving you, like, it's uh-huh. the only way your brain clearly is able it's to like communicate you with feedback. you now, yeah. right? Like, here's the worst case scenario that can happen. That's your brain showing you that that's probably not what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah. sort of like a shock. And I wonder if in this situation, not to the degree or level of postpartum or, or uh-huh. something like that, but in this more innocuous place we can find ourselves of beating our, of being ugly to ourselves. Uh-huh. Maybe the guilt is some sort of trigger, right? Yeah. Like a trigger of now you're heading into something dangerous. Alert, alert, be aware. Uh-huh. You know, I don't look, I I'm not sure. I I'm not sure when we alter and we let guilt drive us into doing maybe some parenting choices we might not normally do. I wanna beat myself up for those choices. Sometimes my kids just maybe need more attention. Right. Maybe need a little leeway. Am I going to keep it that way for the rest of my life? No, I can't because I can't raise people who are going to go out in the world and be horrible. Right. Right. So obviously we need restrictions and guidelines and we need it. And and for every child, it's different. Yeah. But I think it's also okay that guilt thing may be the alarm. We're like, this has been working. Yeah. That maybe we should be aware that we need to make a change. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is maybe is it it's maybe we should look at it as a warning bell, right? Because I look, I I honestly wonder if, you know, deal with that guilt of I don't know if that was the right choice. Uh-huh. Right? I yeah. and maybe and maybe that's just completely honest. Yeah. No, I and maybe I, I have no place that. to I go value from you that. Yeah. Maybe I have no place to go from that. Yeah. But what would it mean for it not like whether whether or not you feel it was the right choice right. or not? What effect does that have? Like it just is. It Do you just, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It is this feeling that's just out there. It's like, you know, a lump in the road, yeah. right? Like it's you can't It's a feeling. It, it doesn't just, change the fact of his existence right. or your my love for him or, or my existence yeah, or that it's I a have feeling. To, it's just yeah. this 
feeling. Yeah. And and it's a it's a gross feeling because uh-huh. if we're not at our best, yeah. it's hard to fight that feeling. Yeah. And then that's is where it gets dangerous. Yeah. Right? That is yeah. where it gets it beca- it potentially becomes a threat yeah. versus something that if we've got some energy to say, no, no, damn you, you shall not consume me today. Yeah. Great. Yeah. But because working through these things, mm-hmm. I mean, this is not the first horrible feeling we've had as parents. No. Uh, right. <laughs> um, and most of them have required a lot of work working through them. Sometimes that work lasts many years. Sometimes it's something that we really can work on immediately and be like, this is not how I'm going to be. And I'm not going to let this dictate mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I see you. Thanks for making yourself super apparent to me. I now know what, what I'm fighting, mm-hmm. what I'm wrestling with, right? Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, those fights, those struggles to like overcome these feelings do require work. Mm-hmm. So... Perhaps one of the first ways to to work it out is to talk it out, Mm -hmm. is to admit the guilt and then go from there. Because I feel like just knowing that I'm not the only person who has had that feeling normalizes it some in a way that says, okay, this is not, this doesn't have to be as bad as it feels when I'm all alone sitting with it. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, totally. And. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking, God, Teresa's been so insightful with at least, I mean, I know it didn't happen overnight, probably, but to get to this place where to see how it's been affecting you, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I think that's a fucking victory in and of itself. Doesn't mean you like looking at where right. it got you, right? That's the no fun part, is being like, oh, these are the things it's affecting. But acknowledging it, I think, is a victory to be like, all right. How can I find that balance to still meet these emotional needs that I have of like yeah. feeling bad about yeah, my well, kids being different, you know, totally. I, you know, and but not succumbing so deeply yeah. that they think it's fine to you know jab each other with forks yeah. all day, right? Or yeah. you know, I, I don't know. That's a really well, weird example, but yeah. no. But like, as soon as we notice it, we sort of can separate ourselves yeah. from it. It's no longer like a driving force that right. we're unaware of. Yeah. yeah. I think that's true. That's I also about think it. No, no. I actually this this conversation has actually been really helpful for me because I'm also like as we're talking, I'm realizing for me, I think a part of it is that I did so I did want a third child yeah, you did. so much. Yeah. And I think part of why I so like carefully made that decision was because I could I could feel I could feel that like the driving force in it was just my own like gut desire. Like right. I just wanted this so much for me. Like I I knew that other members of my family would also enjoy aspects sure. of it, but like the core thing that was driving me was that I really wanted that. And I think as a parent and as a human and dare I say as a woman, I like really have always struggled with just doing stuff because I want it. Sure. That's always been a struggle from as long as I can remember, you know, yeah. total people pleaser over yeah. here. And so I think that that makes mm. me realize that like my guilt is me 
Say it. I can see it. Yeah. Coming. I see it. Yeah, coming. Right? Say it. It's me not allowing myself to enjoy that I got what I wanted. Oh my God. When is that a breakthrough? I didn't know it was coming, but then as Teresa was talking it through, I was like, oh my God. Because as you were talking, one of the first thoughts I had was yeah. repeatedly on the show, yeah. you always have referred to having children as the most selfish act yeah. that a person can do. Yeah. Well, that was not my first thought, right? You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, more of this. More of this in the world. You're welcome, world. God. Anyway, more more needing headphones when you're on planes and just being out. More talkers, for fuck's sake. But, like, that, I, as soon as you started talking, I was like, I wonder how much that idea that kids are somehow a selfish act yeah. plays into this. Yeah. And... I, I have no response for you, but I yeah. think that's a big way to look at it. I think it is. Because I don't think any of this has to do with, like, because the what-ifs are like fucking nightmare ghosts that offer no solutions. Because there right. is no way to know what if. Yeah. What if is yeah. just... Sure, a, what yeah. if. What if. Yeah. I don't know. What <laughs> if. What if it rained, you know, coins all day. You know, whatever. Like, it. what if. It's not a reflection on actually having the children. It is a no. reflection on your guilt yeah. of allowing yourself to have the family that yeah. you want. Yeah, and just and it's just a reflection of like how I feel about myself. Yeah. Oh, I could. I'm sure we could spend another thirty minutes with me talking yeah. about how definitely my issues and guilt with Ellis stem into my issues with my history of salt and my histories yeah. with relationships with men and yeah. like do I am I you know and watching struggles between him and Katie Bell and am I giving him more attention because he's a male or because he's more needy we could spend wow. a whole nother show on that okay but like but it is about us yeah it is it's not about no. them no yeah Ugh. We need so much work. We really do. Let's feel guilty about that. Yeah. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by BarkBox a monthly package of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme for your dog. Every month, BarkBox picks the best all-natural treats made in the USA or Canada and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. (laughs) And speaking of guilt, this is just such a nice thing to do for your poor overlooked pets. (laughs) I love BarkBox. I love having like something new to introduce to my dogs. It's always something different. It's always something exciting. And it really complements like the same old dog food that they get day after day. <laughs> and my favorite thing about this is if your dog doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox will send you something they'll love for free. If only all living things in my house could get that kind of attention. One Bad Mother listeners can get a free extra month of BarkBox when you sign up for a 6- or 12-month plan. Just visit BarkBox.com slash OneBadMother when you subscribe. That's BarkBox.com slash OneBadMother. 
Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All right. So I've spoken at length on this show about how my (laughs) eldest child, my six-year-old, Grace, really likes making a lot of things, and she does not like to get rid of things ever, 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 ever. And so she makes a lot of things, and she won't get rid of things. There's a lot of things. Um, Mm. We have not the kind of house where you could – most people don't have the kind of house where you could just endlessly make things, and it wouldn't become a problem at some point. Buy dining room. Enjoy being a junk room. Exactly. She recently told me, I need need a building – or two buildings out in the yard <laughs> for me to keep my things. I was like, wow, I don't even know where to begin with that request. Um, sure, honey, whatever you want. <laughs> Anyways, so I was complaining about this to a friend of mine recently, and she gave me this great idea, which I have not done yet because it's going to be a big purging job at first for us, but I think it's a really good idea in general, and if you're not starting from such a place that (laughs) I'm in right now, it could be actually pretty easy to put into place, which is she suggested just having one surface, like Mm. maybe the size of like a towel or something, which is where she can keep her things that she wants to keep, and then any time something gets made that she wants to keep, if there isn't room on the surface... Then mm. something else has she can go? decide has to go, but that's the surface for the that's the amount of space, yeah, the designated space. And I just really like that because we have you know drawers and bins and this and that, and it starts out with one bin, but then there's a bag full of something else and yeah. something doesn't fit. Um, but just the idea of having one flat surface, yeah, feels manageable to me, and it feels like it makes sense. Like even to a younger kid, yeah. they can see how that makes sense, yeah. No, I really like that. Okay. And I think there's a good, like, lesson in there, too, of just, like, it's the letting go lesson. Totally. Which is a really hard one. Yeah. Uh, well, I, it's a really good idea. Yeah, so we'll see how that I goes. Like, I, like, I look forward to seeing that yeah. implemented. Yeah. My genius was, given the level of pain I was in, I actually went into urgent care. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a goer. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love doctors. I will go to the doctor. Yeah. My physical every year. Yeah. All that stuff. But, like, I, I went in. And I made the hard call of asking Stefan to leave Star Wars. Yeah. It was not an easy one, but we've identified the problem, and that's a good thing. It's really good. So that Good is, job. And I let myself do the resting, healing time some so that I could function this week. Good job. Thank you. This is a genius, and I hope it's not echoey because I'm hiding in my bathroom to call you. Um, Tale is old as time. Fourth grader comes home, has a project due tomorrow, needs a poster board to do the project i start panicking because we barely have enough time to do regular homework much less drive to the store for a poster board and then i remember that last time he needed a poster board for a project i bought a six pack (laughs) and this is the genius part i was able to find them so i went into the craft room i found the pile of poster board i pulled one out and i said here do your project (laughs) hallelujah now i can hide in the bathroom with my wine thanks (laughs) yay it's so good so good because it's the remembering where you put 
the poster board. Yeah. That's like to have thought ahead Magic. to get the six pack, which yeah. in my case wouldn't have been a think ahead. It would have meant right. that they didn't have the poster board I needed right. except in six pack form. Yep. And then I would have been super angry that I bought six pack form yep. and brought it home. And then to still have it. To still have it. You're, that's yeah. it's almost like miracle level genius. It is. It really is. Yeah. yeah. You're amazing. You are amazing. Come and touch all my stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me. Teresa. For Oscar's birthday, I got him, like, his main present was a remote control amphibious vehicle. Sure. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah. That had, like, a lot of good reviews and stuff. But the morning of his birthday it just sort of died like we got the batteries in which was kind of annoying process and and then it worked for like a little bit but then it just stopped working which was really sad and frustrating yeah on oscar's birthday and that was like his main present like he had a couple other like little things but like that was was that was it and so i ended up like calling and getting like an exchange set up and i was like busy of course busy with kids on the phone and like i i I could have said, like, I could have made the other request where they, like, send you, like, you can just rebuy it or whatever and then whatever. But what ended up happening was somehow I set it up so I have to return mine before the other one is going to come. That was October 25th, you guys. Fuck. Do you know when I got it together to print the return label, find a box, put it in... Take it, tape it, find some packing tape, take it to the place and get it, get it sent back. It was last week, which is December. You guys, it took me over a month to get that. There's, yeah. And I I thought about it every day, sure, every single day. And I would take an incremental step towards getting it done. (laughs) And then I'd get interrupted or something else would happen. Right. And my sweet child oh. has asked about it, and he asks about it in a nice way. When is the when yeah. is the remote control vehicle going to come? Yeah. And so the new one hasn't even come yet because they probably haven't like received yeah. mine all the way yet. And and then like now it's going to be all the holiday. I know. Traffic. So probably I don't know when it's going to I'm come. I'm so sorry. But I feel yeah. really bad yeah, about you're that. You're doing a horrible. Yeah, job. it's really bad. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. 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 Okay. So as mentioned. I don't do well with resting or not being at 100%. So Friday, it was a good little camper. Stayed in bed, took my pain meds, heating pad, rested. Saturday, same thing, though the pain was still bad, so I went back to urgent care. And then we dealt with more stuff. And blah, blah. came back, got in bed, got a little camper. Sunday, I was fucking done. I was done. <laughs> I didn't want to be in bed anymore. Yeah. I was tired of hearing Stefan do a nice job <laughs> taking care of everything. Uh-huh. I felt guilty, mm. and I got up, and I did stuff. And then uh-huh. Stefan just knowingly looked at me, Yeah, and I overdid. Uh-huh. It's a classic biz move. Yep. Now, by Sunday morning, I just want everybody to know, what I wanted to do was rip everything out of the closet and reorganize the entire thing oh, and yeah. find 200 more feet of space in our house. Oh, yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. That's what my instinct said was a good job. That would have been so good. It would have been so great. I didn't do it. (laughs) I didn't do it. But I did enough to overdo. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to have a vacuum bed. Right. Which is almost even worse. It's almost worse because then I'm like, 
I can't like, what was that for? Yeah, what was that for? Yeah. I should have fucking stayed in bed. Yeah. Who am I proving shit to? Right. No one's asking me to do anything. <laughs> right. right. I'm just an asshole to myself. <laughs> so. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I'm suck. really ready, guys. Yeah. To be 100%. Yes. So this is a fail. I locked my toddler in his room. We were playing close the door on Mama um, while I sat in his room, and he was trying to go take a bath and just keeping him entertained. And then he started playing with the little lock. I remember sitting there thinking, huh, I should really make sure that's not locked. Like, <laughs> I really, really should make sure just in case. And then I got up off the floor and completely forgot about everything I was thinking. And from there, put him to bed, closed the door, pulled it all the way shut so that my dog doesn't go open it like a psycho. And my husband calls me while I'm finishing my... 40, uh, 40 mile commute to work saying, Hey, I locked in his room. <laughs> like, oh God. Well, at least you have a screwdriver. Good luck with that. <laughs> Just total fail locking an 18 month old in his room. <laughs> I think I'm doing a good job. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this, what I like about this fail is that whole process of sitting there thinking, Oh, I see the potential problem. I see yep. where this is. Yeah. Look at me thinking this about it. Go, this could go badly. I'm thinking about it. This sort of ties into your thing where you thought about it every day. Yeah. Sometimes just thinking about it is a way for us to lie to ourselves yeah. that we're going to get it done. Yes. A, so true. A hundred percent. So true. So we seem to be our worst enemies this this, this show. Yeah. So you're doing a horrible job. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Wow. How I'm glad everyone's okay. Glad. <laughs> 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 you are the greatest mom I've ever known I love you I love you when I have a problem I call you on the phone I love you I love you One Bad Mother is supported in part by Little Bits kids can create their piece of the Star Wars galaxy with the custom droid inventor kit. This and their other kits are so cool. Little Bits is a toy brand with color-coded electronic bits. Some of them are motion sensors, some of them are sound sensors, some of them, it's so cool, uh, that snap together for customizable fun. There's a free companion app with tons of extra activities and missions to complete with the custom droid inventor kit. My kids play with this and have yet to destroy it. It's so easy for them to put together and not only create the kits as they are planned, but also come up with new fun ways to use it. And let me repeat, both of my children play with it together. So give the gift of invention. Shop at littlebits.com and other select retailers. Teresa. Yes. Let's call someone today. Hey, we need to make a real sound cue for that. Yep. Today, we are calling James Breakwell, who is a professional comedy writer and amateur father of four girls ages seven and under. He's best known for his family humor Twitter account at Exploding Unicorn and his Star Wars parody account at Very Lonely Luke. <laughs> he just came out with his first book, Only Dead on the Inside, A Parent's Guide for Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse. Welcome, James. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed the book uh, and have a slight 
have a slight uh, chest muscle injury and had to laugh through it and was very, <laughs> very uh, difficult, I, but I did it. Before we get into zombie apocalypse, as most people who listen to the show know that I love talking about, we're going to start with what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? I have a whole mess of girls and animals in my house. I've got, uh, I've got my wife. I've got my four daughters. They're seven, five, three, and two. And then I have a pig who's also a girl, and I have a dog. That's the only other boy in the house. You have a pig. This is our first pig, I think. Yeah, I think so. Really? Although I had a pig visit one time well, for like a weekend. And that counts. That counts. Yeah, it was like okay. a weekend pig. See, and I think I always tell guests before we get started, oh, I hope I don't derail. But we're going to derail for a pig. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, obviously. Totally. <laughs> so is it, what kind of pig is this? It's a Juliana mini pig. She's going to get to be 40 or 50 pounds, although <laughs> everybody in the internet tells me she's going to be going to be 600 pounds. What? <laughs> The yeah. comment I always gets, oh, my gosh, she's so big. She's, she's a pig. I mean, she's, she's about as big as she's going to get right now, maybe a little bigger. So, do you, <laughs> do you, what's the longevity of a pig? They live forever yeah, if you don't right? eat them, apparently. They yeah, live like surprise. 20 years. Surprise. <laughs> you got a life pig. You got a life yeah, 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 so I'll, she'll be there after all the kids move out. She's, she's the family member who's sticking with me, so i got to give her extra care. Yeah, you're going to have to give her the basement. She gets the basement first before any exactly. of the other kids return home. You're like, sorry. <laughs> There's no room for you. We gave your bedroom to the pig when you went to college. Well, they already share a bedroom with the pig. She's gotten in the habit. She sleeps with my five-year-old every night. She gets in there. Your book, Only Dead on the Inside, A Parent's Guide for Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse. I, I want to ask you, before we get into some of the really helpful insights that you present to us on surviving the zombie apocalypse, is when you are talking about zombies, are you talking about The Walking Dead, as the title suggests, or are you the zombie, James? Are you the zombie? I am not the zombie. I am the survivor. <laughs> life is life is hard enough already without being a zombie on top little, of it. You're not a little dead on the inside. Oh, I am. I am dead on the inside. I'm, I think I'm, I'm not dead on the outside. Though that's the difference. The zombies are dead on the outside. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. I didn't know if some of these things could just easily apply to those of us who are in the early stages of, of possibly becoming zombies. There's a, it's a, there's a gradual scale. It's yeah. not as cut and dry as you might think. That's right. Fair enough. I think that's a fair assessment. All right. Zombie apocalypse. Listeners to the show know for a fact that I have actively thought about various apocalypse scenarios. <laughs> and that for a long time, I assumed I would be one of the survivors. I mean, this was Stefan and I before kids. I mean, like he knew. I'm pretty sure Stefan married me. Out of like, so he could survive for safety. For safety, yeah, right. Smart man. Yeah, smart, smart man. man. There was literally one Christmas he bought me like prepper things. Like, yeah. here's food that'll last us for like a, three yeah. months. I love him. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but a few years ago, after we had kids, in all seriousness, we're in the kitchen. I look at him and I say, "We need to get honest. If the zombie apocalypse happens with our two and six year old, we're just going to have to accept that we're going to die." Like we're not, not going to be runners anymore. We can't be runners. I'm like looking at who our kids are. This is it. This is going to happen. But you deal with some of this in the book. But the idea that kids are kind of the worst in these situations, again, it's like the heart of your, your book. Um, for example, we can't even get the kids to leave our house for like the best of reasons. Hey, we're going to go have cotton candy for eight hours. Yeah. Let's go. So let us talk us through some of the other things that are natural to kids that that does not benefit us in a uh, zombie apocalypse. 
well, I kind of the whole premise of the book. I, yeah. I think there's a lot of there, there's a lot of you know movies and TV shows out there. If things go wrong and like kids step up to the plate and right. cooperate. Like I, I can't believe that. that's the most unrealistic thing I've ever seen. Like <laughs> the more important it is for kids to cooperate, the worse they're going to be. I mean, that's when they throw the temper tantrum 100 percent of the time. Right. Like all of my advice takes that into account. Like my, my the, the, the main advice is just stay in your house. Don't go out anywhere. I mean, your kids are going to ruin everything. Just stay put. That's right. Right. Well, what about things that what I also you do, though, talk about there are some benefits to children's behaviors that can work in a zombie apocalypse. I believe one of the things that you mentioned was the potential for arson. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's talk about take us through some of the things that we on a normal day might be very upset that our children do. But then the zombie apocalypse might really work to our advantage. Well, picking up things off the ground for one thing. I mean, my kids grab stuff from everywhere. They're down on their hands and knees. If you're in a survival scenario, though, you need that. You need yep. them to collect everything they can. You need, especially in the grocery store. You know, grabbing stuff off shelves they're not supposed to. Well, you know what? You can grab whatever you want once the world ends. So that'll that'll come in handy. And even like even the temper tantrums and the noise, like that can work to your advantage as long as you're willing to use your kids as bait. Like if you accept the risk and put them out there, you can absolutely use them to distract zombies. You just got to be quick about killing the zombies, or else somebody's going to be very upset with you. <laughs> there are actually, surprise, whether you meant it or not, uh, parts of this book that I actually thought were pretty helpful in non-zombie situations. My favorite, there's this graphic that you have relating to disciplining your child. And the graphic basically takes you through the following questions and answers. Should you discipline your child right now? The next question to ask is, will it get you killed? Yes, then wait. That's good advice. No. Are people watching? No. Go for it. Yes, are the people that are watching matter? Yes or no, it's a trick question because no one matters, which I think is something that's taken us years to come to on this show. I, I just feel like that is an example of a good moment that even if you're just in the middle of Target, which may feel like you're in a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> do you discipline your child? Do you do this? This is a logical progression of questions you should ask yourself that I think are helpful. Did you, while writing this book or just throughout this, are there other things that you think are like, you know what, this is actually good practical advice, even if it's not a zombie you're facing? I think it's all good practical advice. Come on, I'm not, I'm not going to give you bad advice. Well, sure. There is stuff, that, <laughs> there is stuff that, that, that's going to come in handy, uh, like the minivan chapter, the oh. entire minivan chapter. Minivans are great whether or not the world ends. I think we just need to do accept <laughs> that. We need to, we need to get past the minivan <laughs> stigma and just embrace our inner lameness. I mean, they, the minivans, in the end, they come for us all. <laughs> I pretty much, but I actually have a note to say that your minivan chapter is reason enough to buy this entire book. <laughs> it, it is so well laid out. And, and and I was telling Teresa, I was like, well, you know, he openly admits, if you are already a little dead on the inside, the minivan is a natural, like, you have no question. There's no, like, <laughs> there's no question in your head that a minivan is not the right choice. It's everybody else struggling through, uh, trying to fight yeah. against the natural yeah. instinct. Here's more of a less to do with the book, but a, a question I feel is appropriate to ask you, given how much thought you put into preparing for an event like the zombie apocalypse, we sometimes ask guests who come on the show this, and that is, we think we are prepared all the time. There's lots of times before I had the kids that I was sure I knew how I was going to handle some situations. Uh, I also knew what they were going to love and what they weren't going to love. My favorite example is having these visions of like, I am totally going to sit around and play guitar with my kids, <laughs> and we are going to sing, and it's going to be so awesome. I have not touched that guitar in like eight years, because every time I pull it out, my daughter would be like, stop singing! 
<laughs> and like, the, you know, my youngest now is just like, it's mine. I'm playing yeah. it. And the I'm like, oh, yeah, they broke it, yeah. right? Like, it's just a total nightmare. Uh, I also was pretty sure that, like, I would never not answer a question that my child had for me. <laughs> As opposed to being like, why would you even ask that question? We're in the middle of this thing. So, like, were there? And of course, there are some deeper things too. But uh, so, I'm wondering, in the uh, in the spirit of preparedness, were there things that you thought it was going to be like that? Yeah, maybe you were 100 percent correct on, or maybe you weren't. That uh, that you just weren't prepared for. I did not anticipate how quickly kids can destroy a house. Like I, people, people, before I had kids, people talk about how hard it is to keep a house clean. Like how hard can it be? You just pick the things up off the ground. I didn't understand. The kids are basically just mini tornadoes that go around constantly, just tearing everything down. I mean, we'll spend we'll spend two hours cleaning the house and you know, forcing them to clean it with us, and then thirty seconds later, it's a disaster again. It's like a superpower. I have no idea how they do it. They only have two hands, and somehow they do like sixty hands worth of damage. It's, it's really impressive. It's a sight to behold. Yeah. How are you coping with that? Maybe there's some insight you can lay out on us. <laughs> well, in the, the, in the book, I, I I advocate just leaving your house messy. If you yeah. can't walk through it, zombies can't either. It's a hazard <laughs> for everybody. Fair, fair enough. Our land of Legos in the den area. I think I had like the one room, the den, where I was like, this is the room. Yeah. That is my adult room. Yeah. And it is... <laughs> The least adult room now. Yeah. Like it, it brings so much sadness now, just like this. But it's also oh. like the main living space. Get out of my house. living like, space. That was a pretty tall order. I know. Of course it's a tall order. <laughs> I like to set a high bar, and then it's been years slowly being crushed by that bar. Good. Um, <laughs> James, thank you so much for joining us. The book, again, is called Only Dead on the Inside, A Parent's Guide for Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse. You can get it anywhere. You know, the books are sold out there. And you can also funny his very, very funny tweets on parenting at Exploding Unicorns on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us, James. Hey, thanks for having me. I had a blast. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Sorry about that. Just had to dispatch some goons real quick. Hi, I'm April Wolf, lead film critic at LA Weekly. And when I'm not kicking butt, I'm hosting the new Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in-depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. Are stacks of unread books taking over your apartment? Do you constantly miss your train stop because you're caught up in reading? I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We party hard. And by party hard, we mean read books. So join us every Thursday on Reading Glasses, a maximum fun podcast about reading and book culture. Get more out of your reading life. We'll help you conquer your to-be-read pile. Get out of that book slump. And squeeze more reading time into your busy day. Learn Learn how how to read read better. better. (laughs) Wow, that was good. (laughs) 
was fun. Yeah. I mean it. The minivan chapter alone uh, in this book is worth it all. It is really fun. It's a nice break. Uh-huh. It is enjoyable to imagine dealing with all of the things that we deal with on a normal basis. Uh-huh. But in the environment of a zombie apocalypse. Sure. A very, very fun book. Again, only dead on the inside, a parent's guide for surviving the zombie apocalypse. You know what also helps us survive? That is letting it out. Letting it all oh, yeah. out. Yep. Let's fight our inner zombies with a little rant. Maybe let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. So here's a rant. <laughs> if you're in an elevator with a five and a three-year-old who want nothing more than to just push the correct button for their floor so they can get off on their floor, don't tell them push it a lot of times. It will make it go faster. Don't tell them hey, you know what's a really fun game? Push all the buttons in the elevator. I don't understand what makes an adult tell a child how to misbehave in a way that will make everybody's life worse. I don't get it. You had to interact with others today. <laughs> it's the worst. This is just a rant for all of us who have to yeah. go out and interact with others today. Yeah. You know why? You know why they do that? Because sometimes people want to be the cool stranger in an elevator. Yeah. I don't I don't know. We talk about it all the time on the show. They had like a momentary freak out because they were... Hey, there's kids here. Yeah. What, what is the best thing what I should do say I do? to them? Yeah. And, and again, I'm sure there was no like ill intent. No, no, but no. But it's one of those things where like as suddenly when you're on yeah. the other side of the mirror. Yeah. You know, you're like, why? Why offer that? Yeah. I mean, I could see myself 20 years ago making that same comment. I mean, I, my dad is the kind of guy who would stand in line if a kid was misbehaving. He would like be like, see that leg over there? Like, as we're about to get on a ride that uh-huh. goes over the leg, it's full of alligators. Uh-huh. I heard a kid fell off and got eaten yeah, by You yeah. know, like, just fucking with yeah. kids. So, yeah. like, I come from that uh-huh. family. Uh-huh. But, like, on the other side of the mirror now, I keep my mouth shut. Yeah. But, like, we were talking about this before the show, that there's, like, this falls into so many different things that people innocently sometimes say like we were i was taking the kids to disneyland like the next day uh-huh. and ella's so excited we're leaving the preschool and outside on the like the little lot for the for the little kids for the babies for the infants and stuff where they kind of crawl around a teacher says bye-bye and he says bye-bye we're going to disneyland tomorrow and she very innocently says can i come and then we're there yeah. for a really long time as Ellis emotionally tries to process how to answer this question for her. Right. And it goes on forever. And she offers no help. She doesn't say, like, I don't want to go. Or yeah, she thinks it's cute yeah. to, like, watch him. Yeah. And I, it's like, I'm like, do I lean down and say, you don't have to, you don't yeah. have to take her? Yeah. Right? Like, just, I just slip her the bird. Just slip her we'll, the bird yeah, and we'll move yeah. on. <laughs> uh, like, hey, you, and you never think about it until you're suddenly in the situation and you're like, why is this even happening? happening? Yeah. Why is this happening? You just, you're another adult who just created extra work for me. <laughs> That's the way about... I see it. It's like they're just creating extra work for us. Think about that call from a couple of years ago where the woman finally had the baby to sleep in the stroller and she yeah. goes into like Panera or yeah. something like that. And somebody lifts the blanket. <laughs> somebody lifts yeah. the blanket and like all the work is done. Yeah. Like all of it's gone. Yeah. It's just flushed down the toilet. Yeah. And this woman also doesn't get to eat like her Panera or whatever right. the fuck she was there to yeah. eat. Like, 
it just if people say that weird things don't happen to people every day, but I think that is clearly uh, yeah, a lie. I think yeah. every time you leave the house, you go out in the world. You go yeah. out in the world. Yeah. You are met with things where you're like, "Huh, that is weird." Yeah, it's a weird thing. Well, that's why the hotline is there for yeah. you to call in these weird things. Yeah, let's all let's all continue our efforts yeah. to not go out and talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it simple. Nice day. Your children look incredibly intelligent. You do too. Yeah. I like being on an elevator. <laughs> right? Like, whatever. It's fine. All right. You're doing, listen, you're doing a good job. Yeah, you are. You didn't shove every, I would have reached over and been like, oh, you think it's fun? Get ready to ride. And I would have just pushed every button the entire time. The entire time. You're doing an amazing job. Yeah, you are. Guys, what did we learn today? When we have these feelings or thoughts that aren't ones that feel typical to share, uh, especially the ones that make us feel bad, those seem to fall into the camp of ones that we cram down and we don't openly admit to. We do it with depression. We do it with questioning our parenting. We do it with the mom rage. We do it with the guilt about expanding our family on set. We do it with lots of different situations. And what we have been learning or I have been learning, is that when we stop squashing it down and say it out loud to someone, I have found it easier to work through it and take action. When it's in me, it's like it's like not treating the wound. It's just being like, it'll get better. Yeah. And then your arm fucking falls off. Yeah. When you say it out loud, it identifies it. It gives you some power to start taking action i feel like at least it has for me on some level so i feel like that's a big takeaway from today totally yeah I, that feels big enough yeah i don't think we have to learn much more than that yeah. today that was a lot to learn we've done enough we've done enough learning <laughs> quick somebody somebody turn on the television i gotta zone out guys yeah the holidays are officially here yeah they are we are for for those of us about to enter the Christmas one. Yep. Good luck. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah to all of our listeners who have been celebrating Hanukkah. Yep. Happy uh, Kwanzaa to yep. those celebrating Kwanzaa. Yep. Happy all the other holidays that people may or may not be celebrating. And happy day. And, and here's to a day of peace and rest if you don't celebrate anything. Yep. Yeah. Here's, here's to a day of not getting stuck in an elevator with somebody telling <laughs> your kid to push all the buttons. That's the real thing we're trying to celebrate you're all doing a great job couple of quick reminders san francisco sketch fest in the new year january 21st 1 p.m one bad mother with special guest eliza skinner we're gonna be there go get your tickets at sfsketchfest.com all the information is there that's gonna be a lot of fun plus the saturday before i'm gonna be doing risk that'll be something so check that out, too. And we wrote a book that you can give to people as a gift yep. of encouragement yep. anytime, seasonal or not. And it's called You're Doing a Great Job, 100 Ways You're Winning at Parenting. You can buy that where people sell the books. So those are our two announcements. Everybody, you are doing a really good 
job. Yeah, you are. Really? Seriously. I like all the jobs. It's so hard, you guys. It's really difficult. <laughs> it's so difficult. And you're nailing it. Uh, we are taking next week off because it's a holiday. Yep. But we're going to be back right after that with a special holiday genius fail spectacular let's avoid talking about resolutions all together show <laughs> so that's something to look forward to everybody you're doing a great job teresa yes you are doing you're doing a really remarkable job i thank you for sharing what you shared today it, it, you are doing so great thanks biz i appreciate that biz you are also doing such a good job thank you and we will talk to you guys in the new year Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Kara Hart. Our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, are perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all of these horrible things. And of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.